Hey guys, welcome back to the Social Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode. What's up Jake? And today's Jay actually Jake's birthday. Happy birthday, Jake. Um, thanks. Um, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. And today we have a very special guest on the podcast. We have Timberwolves Julie Guard Canyon Barry. What's up, Canyon? How are you guys doing? We're doing good. How are you? Doing well. So, we want to ask you kind of before we start, like, how has everything in quarantine been for you? Um, you know, it, it hasn't been too bad, obviously. The G League season got canceled uh, when the whole COVID thing started. But uh, I've been in Florida and Colorado mainly for quarantine, just trying to get workouts in when I can. The gym has opened back up in, in Florida and Colorado, which has been nice, so I can do some weightlifting. But most of the basketball courts are still closed, so I've just been trying to, you know, get outside and do workouts on outdoor courts and stuff like that. So definitely an adjustment, but um, my family's doing good and I'm staying healthy, so I can't complain much. Okay, so Jake, let's hit him with the first question. Um, so what really got you into basketball, this one you're growing up? Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I just kind of grew up around the game with my mom and dad both playing and, uh, you know, I have four half-brothers who also are really good basketball players in their own right. So it was one of those things where I kind of just naturally gravitated towards it and picked up a ball at a young age and just really loved it. So kept playing and getting better and was fortunate enough to kind of build a career out of it. So we know your dad is Rick Barry, NBA Hall of Famer, but like growing up, were there any other NBA players you kind of idolized? I was actually always a big Kobe fan, so um, I loved watching the Lakers play, loved watching Kobe play, and, uh, you know, obviously the basketball world was devastated at his passing, and uh, we lost a great basketball player and a great human, but, um, you know, I think I loved watching Kobe play. He had such a competitive drive and killer instinct in him, and was a heck of a ball player. Yeah, it's really sad how he dies. So, and so our third question is, what made you commit to Charleston for college after high school? So, the current coach at the College of Charleston when I was getting recruited was Bobby Kremens, um, and he was a famous coach from Georgia Tech and actually coached um, two of my brothers uh, at Georgia Tech. So, we had close family ties with him, and when I went down to Charleston, I really fell in love with the city. It was a great school, a great campus, and a pretty good basketball school for a mid-major school. Um, so, uh, when Coach Kremens offered me a scholarship, I couldn't pass it up. I loved it down there. So, kind of staying on the topic of your um, Charleston career, you averaged um, over 20 points in one season. So, like, kind of what was your key to success and what was, like, your approach that season? Um, Yeah, that was actually kind of a crazy season. So, right before the season started, our starting point guard tore his ACL. And then about, you know, a week and a half, two weeks later, um, probably our starting two guard tore his Achilles or – Actually, it was flipped. Sorry, starting point guard towards Achilles, starting two guard towards ACL. So we really just lost a ton in the in the scoring area. So I kind of was asked to pick up the slack. Um, but we had a really good team. You know, everyone was super unselfish, and we would find whoever was open. And I um, mean, you know, I was fortunate enough to average a bunch of points. And then right after conference play started, I unfortunately tore my labrum. I dislocated my arm and tore my labrum, so I was out for you know. 10 or 12 games that season and didn't get to finish out the season, which was, uh, you know, pretty sad because I was having a great year. But, uh, you know, I think 
a lot of credit goes to my teammates who put me in good positions to score, and then we had a, a great coaching staff who really helped develop my game, and uh, Coach Earl Grant, who's the head coach there currently. So after three years at Charleston, you actually transferred to Florida University, the Gators. What made you choose that that team to transfer to, and what made you transfer out? Uh, it was definitely nothing that uh, Charleston did. You know, I, I loved that school. It was a great school, awesome head coach, great basketball experience, great collegiate experience. But uh, I had finished my degree because I redshirted my first year. So I was there for four years, only played three years, um, and had finished my undergraduate degree in physics and wanted to get a master's degree. And College of Charleston didn't really have any master's programs that I was interested in. So uh, put my name in the transfer portal, was contacted by a ton of schools, was a pretty um, high-profile commit and had a bunch of offers to go different places, but found Florida, uh, loved the school, loved the college town atmosphere, the, the fans there were so amazing, they're all about gear sports and just support the athletes so well, and then they also had a nuclear engineering master's program at the University of Florida that I was super interested in and was actually able to finish up my master's in nuclear engineering. So, we know your dad, Rick, is famous for his um, underhand free throw, and you actually shoot with it, too. So, like, what kind of you, what made you kind of, like, want to shoot it, and, like, what's the key of sh- kind of making it every time with it? Absolutely. So, like you said, my dad kind of made the shot famous, um, shot a crazy high percentage. I think his career average was, like, 93% in the NBA. So, when I was growing up, it was one of those things where if you had one of the greatest free throw shooters of all time as a personal coach, you should at least listen to what they have to say and give it a shot. So I learned the form at a young age and then decided to make the switch to underhand free throws when I was a junior in high school and just really never looked back. Um, I love how the, the shot is super soft. You have great touch when it hits the rim. Um, a lot of bad bounces that you get from overhand shots are eliminated from underhand, and it's a, a more repeatable motion. So you're really only moving your shoulders to do the shot, which means uh, with muscle memory, it's, uh, easier to repeat the motion and continue to develop feel and touch. And, uh, you know, I think I shot in the 80s my last two years of, of college and have been in the 80s in the pros. So I, I just really like the underhand free throw. And, uh, you know, I wish more people would, would give it a shot if they are shooting 4% of just from the free throw line. Yeah, me and Jake were actually playing horse yesterday. I tried the underhand shot on him. It took me a few tries to make it, but it, it seemed pretty hard. So it's really impressive that you mastered it really Really well. Thanks. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think once you get the feel and if you have the correct form and technique, uh, you can really dial it in and become a good free throw shooter. Yeah, so I think a year or two after that, after college, went undrafted, but you played in the summer league for the New York Knicks in the NBA, and they're on their like, summer league team with some G League players, some NBA players, some rookies. So what's that whole experience like? Um, you know, summer league is, is a good experience. It's it's pretty interesting because, you know, you, everyone comes from kind of being the guy at their college and being a leading scorer, or putting up big numbers, and then you get to summer league and you're playing with all the other guys from all the other schools. So the level of competition is really high. Um, you know, I had a great experience. It was fun. Got to start some games in summer league and then you know, decided to go <laughs> try to play overseas for a year and then came back to the States and have been playing in uh, – in the G League for the past two years now um, and really enjoy the G League. I think it's an interesting experience um, coming from overseas where, you know, everyone's super focused on, um, you know, trying to winning and if you don't win, you get cut and, you know, it's pretty cutthroat overseas with import players and Americans versus you get to the G League and 
it's more of a developmental league where everyone's goal is to get out of the league. You know, everyone wants to be in the NBA, whether you're a player, you're a coach, you're a referee. So um, it, it's definitely been an adjustment period. But I think the G League is probably the second most talented league in the world. I'm not going to say the second best basketball league in the world, but it definitely has incredible talent. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to play for the, the Iowa Wolves and have um, a couple of good seasons and just really enjoying my time in the G League so far. So, like you just said, you played um, overseas for two seasons. You played in Finland and Czech Republic. So, kind of, what was like the experience like playing out of the U.S.? Uh, I mean, I played in Czech Republic, and I actually played in China first in uh, over the summer league for one of the years. So, different than the U.S., you know, I didn't really love Finland. It was freezing, cold, and dark. Um, Czech Republic was a little better. Uh, was in a in a bigger city, which I think helps just because you know friends play basketball and uh, it can be a pretty lonely life, honestly. So uh, I really appreciate it. coming back to America and playing in the G League. It kind of gives you a different perspective on um, you know basketball and I can how fortunate you are to be able to play, you know home country where uh, you can speak the language and understand the food labels at the grocery stores and that kind of thing. So. Um, overseas experience, I think, um, you know, being able to live by yourself in a foreign country for an extended period of time really teaches you a lot about, you know, what you're looking for in life, and, uh, but I'm definitely happy to be back in America. Yeah, so, in 2018, you played in, you played in 2019, in 2018, 2019, you played in the FIBA 3i3 World Cup and won a gold medal, so what's it like winning a, a gold medal? Um, that's actually probably one of my proudest basketball accomplishments. Um, you know, as a kid, you kind of grow up dreaming of representing your country or playing in the Olympics. And um, this was part of the first steps. I was selected to be a member of the you know, the World Cup team. So it was four, four members, uh, myself, Kareem Maddox, Robbie Hummel, and Damon Huffman, all of who are, uh, you know, good basketball players. A lot of them are retired from the 5-on-5 game and just do 3-on-3 full-time. I was the only... Um, current still 515 player on the team but uh, you know to be able to represent your country have USA on your chest and you know win a gold medal and hear the national anthem playing while you stand on the podium was definitely my favorite basketball memory of all time and um, and continue to really enjoy the game of three on three it's going to be a, a new Olympic sport it was supposed to be in 2020 now obviously with the Olympics postponed till 2021 so um, hopefully the Olympics go off I'm still a member of the Olympic qualifying team so we're headed out to uh, Europe in May of 2021 to try to qualify for the Olympics and uh, hopefully can uh, hold my make the Olympic team and bring home a gold medal for the USA so a few questions ago you talked about playing the G League with the Timberwolves but kind of what have you kind of learned in the G League playing with some like NBA players and stuff like that um, yeah, like I said, the G League is interesting because they're all about developing, uh, you know, their NBA talent. So it's one of those things where you really have to be patient and kind of just do your best with the circumstances you're in. There'll be games where, you know, I could average 20 points over a stretch of three games and then the Timberwolves could send down, you know, a two or three guard from their NBA roster and, you know, your minutes get cut from 30 minutes a game to eight minutes a game because, 
you know, they have to play their NBA guys and get them minutes and experience and, you know, develop them. So it's one of those things where the G League is all about controlling what you can control and just putting your best foot forward every time you step on the court and looking at it as an opportunity to kind of show the scouts what you can do, both NBA scouts and European scouts, and just, uh, you know, giving your best effort every time you're out there and not letting the circumstances that uh, surround your team get you down. So what are some of your goals going into the upcoming season and any more seasons going in your future? Um, yeah, so for sure, my goal right now is definitely three-on-three focus. So uh, my main basketball goal is just trying to qualify for the Olympic team and be on the Olympic team and bring home a gold medal. But uh, every time I step on the court, my goal is just to try to be a little bit better player than I was the day before. So I've been working hard this offseason, really doing a lot of weightlifting because a lot of the basketball training has been limited. But, um, you know, I'm excited for next season. Not sure what it holds, if I'm going to go overseas or do the G League again. It's just super up in the air with COVID and, you know, the NBA in the bubble and not sure when they're going to start next season. So my life is definitely in limbo right now, but, um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to play basketball for a living and uh, hopefully next year will work out and everyone can stay healthy and uh, get back to playing some sports. Yeah, so now we're going to kind of move into a few rapid-fire questions kind of to get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to start you off with the first question. Do you have a favorite um, – non-basketball team and a favorite non-basketball player? Um, yeah, so I really enjoy watching tennis. Um, so Roger Federer is probably my favorite, uh, I would say, other athlete. And then I really I love watching Tiger Woods. Uh, so those two are kind of uh, my favorite athletes to watch when I'm not watching basketball. Um, do you like a favorite sport movie or regular movie in general? A favorite sport movie? Ooh, um, I would probably have to say uh, Miracle. Miracle on Ice, the, the hockey movie about the Olympic team. I thought that was very well done. Uh, enjoy watching that one. Okay, so the next question is, what is your favorite hobby outside of playing basketball? So, uh, I would say my main hobbies are, I'm a big water sports guy, so I love to go surfing, love to go kiteboarding. And then uh, I actually play guitar, so that's one of my my hobbies to kind of relax and get away from sports and just sit down and uh, play some guitar and music. Um, so this is actually sort of like funny, such fun one. If you were to have dinner with any like anyone dead or alive, like celebrity, who would it be? Ooh, um, I would love to have dinner with. Uh, I think it'd be super fun. If I wanted, like, information, I would probably try to sit down with, like, uh, Warren Buffett or Elon Musk or Bill Gates. I think that would be a super interesting conversation. But if it was just for fun, I think I would go with the uh, TV cast of the show Entourage. That's my favorite TV show. I think it'd be a super, uh, super fun dinner. Okay, so um, the next question is, do you have, like, a favorite animal or do you have, like, a pet? Uh, I actually don't have a pet, so my family traveled a lot growing up, so I never really had, like, a dog or anything like that, um, just because we were gone so often that uh, it was hard to find people to take care of it or stuff like that, but uh, my favorite animal is probably a, a dolphin, you know, I'm a big beach guy, so I love sitting on the sand and the sunset watching some dolphins, I think they're pretty cool animals. Um, this is our last question of this great interview, um, what is the first thing you want to do once COVID's all over? Yeah, I'm excited for uh, 
being able to go to movie theaters again. You know, I miss sitting down watching some movies and uh, eating some popcorn without having to, to worry about anything. So hopefully those movie theaters open back up soon and everyone can stay safe and covid free. Yeah, so that's going to wrap up this interview. Thanks so much, Cannon, for joining us again. To our listeners, please make sure to donate to our GoFundMe charity to help COVID-19 relief, which the link is in our bio on Instagram. And please comment, follow, and drop a like on our podcast on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Thanks a lot, Cannon. Have a great day and stay safe. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Peace.